Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. everybody. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia DeSantis. This is episode 59, and I am so excited to be here today. We are going to talk a little bit about mindfulness. Um, this is a topic that I have really started getting into um, and something that's really become a staple in my life. And I know that some of you have asked questions about it and been more interested. So I thought I'd come on here and give a little bit of a chat um, about the uh, principles of mindfulness, the background. I know we've talked a little bit in other podcast episodes, especially with guests about mindful eating and things like that. But I think that with any topic, it's important to know the base um, building blocks around it, especially when it comes to mindfulness. So in general, mindfulness incorporates a variety of principles. And these principles are specific to attitude. And each of these can help you find ways to live a more mindful life. So stepping back a little bit, the first thing I want to talk about is actually the history behind mindfulness. Um, Mindfulness actually goes back to the Buddhist influence of alertness, attention, and awareness. That is way back in time um, where the monks and nuns were the ones who practiced meditation and mindfulness. And the rest of the population didn't really take interest in this until about the 1960s is kind of when it really started being more um, popular. As immigration to the United States increased, you had people from various countries coming into the United States and the Buddhist culture and its teachings began to increase. You start seeing classes in colleges and things like that. By the 1970s, the influence of Buddhism was on the rise here in our country and an interest in mindfulness practices became more of something that people were interested in, especially as people started traveling to um, those countries as well through the Peace Corps and other um, in other ways. And mindfulness and Buddhism um, and all its teachings became something people you know, were much more interested in. Um, interested in sorry. <laughs> um, the purpose behind mindfulness is really just about um, bettering your life and being more present. Uh, especially today, we all know that technology has a, a huge part in our life and there's so many distractions as uh, related to technology. And as we have an increase in these distractions, our brain is starting to become less and less proficient in focusing on one thing. And I see this in myself, I see this in my kids, and it is just a product of technology and modernization and all that stuff. However, we really want to take a step back sometimes and think about being present in the moment because there's so many benefits to that. When it comes to mindfulness, there isn't exactly an end goal. So it's not like, oh, I've achieved mindfulness. It's really something that you are aware of in your constant everyday life. And it's okay for your practice to go up and down. It's okay to sometimes feel like, oh, I've lost touch with my present being in my present moment and I need to get back to it. Um, This is life, but in general, when it comes to increasing our overall wellness, mindfulness is a really big part of that and being present in the everyday moments is a really big part that's connected to better wellness overall. 
not only can being present um, help you mentally um, and physically really, um, but it also can help your relationships, not just with others, like your kids, your spouse, your friends, but also with yourself. Um, it helps ground us and lets us be introspective about what we want to work on, about what we need to um, get better in, but what we also excel in and what we're being, what we're doing really well to help our brains get that, you know, um, those happy, you know, vibes in and to help push us forward in the things that really are challenging. So in general, science shows that no matter how much we think we can do things, um, all at once, like multitasking, especially us as moms is a thing. And we're always doing, you know, this thing that we call multitasking. Um, however, science shows that when we multitask and we're focusing on more than one thing, we're really not doing any of those things super well. And while that's okay, sometimes, um, you know, like cooking dinner while dealing with kids homework and, you know, laundry or whatever it is, um, it's okay to kind of multitask for that sometimes. But when it comes to some things, um, like honestly, your relationship, like with your kids, for me, if my child is trying to read to me and I'm focusing on my phone or doing something else, I'm really, you know, telling them that they're not important. Their reading is not important. It's, it's really, um, is really important to focus on that one task at hand and being present in the moment is practicing mindfulness. So not only is it important for improving relationships, but it's also really important for successfully completing tasks. So if I'm sitting here on this podcast, you know, recording and talking to you about mindfulness, but I'm also trying to answer emails, I'm really not putting my effort and, um, and all that I can do in this podcast. And ultimately, that's kind of a lack of respect of not only myself and the work that I want to do, but also to those of you listening, that I'm not giving you my all. So it's about us, but it's also about um, others in our life. Mindfulness in general has been shown scientifically to have a lot of benefits. And in fact, when I was going through my health coaching certificate, there's a whole section on mindfulness and meditation and being present and all the great benefits it has. Um, so I definitely focus on this kind of stuff when it comes to my clients and, and my business. So things like stress reduction, um, concentration and focus on tasks, when you're concentrating, your focus is better. Um, you can complete things better. It has shown to decrease depression. Um, it is shown to just in general um, improve your overall health and well-being. Um, mindfulness is shown to increase confidence, confidence in yourself when you're present with yourself and what it is that you're doing and you can focus and you can complete tasks, you have more confidence. Um, it has also in, um, shown to, be, uh, to give you more success in your job in your business. It's definitely helped me um, focus more on my business and be able to be more successful. Um, and also it leads to less burnout because when you are uh, multitasking and trying to do all the things, you burn out very, very fast. And I am one person who can honestly say that I have been there, done that, um, and I don't recommend it. Um, so when it comes to mindfulness, as I talked about, there's different pillars and each pillar is an attribute that focuses on an attitude. So I'm going to go through the um, pretty quickly the nine pillars of mindfulness. I have a guide linked um, 
in this episode in the write-up that is a free mindfulness guide. And it talks about these pillars in much more detail, gives examples of how you can practice in each of these different pillars. So definitely make sure you download that. It's a free guide, it's multi-page, and it has a lot of awesome information that goes deeper into what um, we're talking about today. So the first pillar is non-judgmental. And this really kind of means that you are allowing your thoughts to pass through versus acting upon them. So you're not letting your thoughts create judgments, um, which create your actions. Um, instead, you're just uh, accepting something as the thought passed through, the judgment passed through, and, and just you know thinking about it, not necessarily using it to drive your actions. The next pillar is patience. Um, patience means you're living in the present moment and you're not worrying about what's coming next. So instead of looking ahead actively and not being present in the moment, um, you're being present and it's okay to look ahead, but you're also gonna deal with that when you get there. The third pillar is called the beginner's mind. And really that just kind of means you're open to new experiences without judging um, these new experiences. So maybe you haven't thought about, you know, a, a new opportunity comes up and instead of, of, of immediately jumping and saying, oh, I don't do that because I'm not blank. Um, you're open to this new experience and you approach life with a beginner's mind. Um, the next uh, pillar uh, is the fourth pillar and it's about trust. Trusting yourself with the decisions you make, knowing that as you're introspective, you're gonna do the right thing for your own life. The fifth pillar is non-striving. And non-striving means that we accept ourselves for who we are in the present moment. And not that we can't have goals, but to accept who we are today and being okay with that. And knowing that we are a, a, um, a creature in constant motion and that we're always kind of working to better ourselves, but it's still okay to be who we are today. Um, the next pillar is... Um, acceptance, meaning that it's similar to non-striving, except that we're accepting things that cannot be changed for what they are, merely as facts. And instead of putting our effort and our stress into um, focusing on those things, we're actually putting our effort into focusing on the things that we can change. So it's a little bit different than the non-striving in the sense that we're just accepting the facts and accepting life as it is. But accepting that there's things we can and cannot change, if that makes sense. And uh, the seventh pillar is letting go. So instead of, you know, similar, all these are very similar in, you know, their base, but, um, and being in the present moment um, with letting go, meaning that we're not worrying about these things that we cannot control. And I think that a lot of this came into play this last year with, you know, COVID and things being shut down. And focusing on the present moment during that time has really helped us get through it in our family because um, there's things we could not control and we only had to focus on the things we could control so that we did not go absolutely crazy. Um, the eighth and ninth pillar are, you know, sometimes people say there's seven pillars, but these are kind of added pillars that I think are really important. And the eighth pillar is gratitude and being grateful for every moment and also not just being grateful, but recognizing it. So knowing that there are things you're grateful for is so important with your mental well-being um, because in the storm, we need to find the light and focus on the things that we are grateful for to get us through. And then the last pillar is generosity. And generosity basically uh, means that we are um, helping others. And yes, putting ourselves and our needs first is, is important for our uh, mental well-being. However, 
helping others makes us feel good. It feels good to help others succeed. And sometimes, you know, putting others um, first in, in the sense that you're helping them in a way that makes you feel good is amazing and such a great way to be present in everyday life and also increase your own mental wellness. Because when we help, we feel good inside. So those are the nine pillars of mindfulness. And when it comes to those, um, there are ways that you can practice mindfulness in a way that's not overwhelming. Mindfulness shouldn't be something that stresses you. It should be something that you look at and you look forward to in, um, bringing into your life. And I have another episode where I talk about small habits and mindfulness practices can increase your um, well-being, your overall wellness by creating small habits to bring the, bring mindfulness into your life. So if you're um, working on um, your small habits, uh, you should listen to that episode that I recorded. Um, I will link it in the post about what small habits mean, how you can incorporate them. And it, it gives you examples there as well. But I'm going to give you a few examples of how you can weave these small habits um, to build your mindfulness um, into your everyday life. So for example, you can start the day with something that you're grateful for. That is a great one because um, it not only practices, you know, the gratefulness pillar of mindfulness, but it also starts the day off on a positive note. Um, this is something that you can also do with your kids. Another way you can practice being present is putting technology away during the meal. When you're sitting with your family, focusing on your family and what you're eating that, you know, the present moment of the meal, it's so important to put away distractions, especially technology. Um, doing something nice for your neighbors. This sounds very, very simple, but it is. Um, it is very simple because doing nice, doing something nice for your neighbors as simple as like, I don't know, even making them a card, a picture from your kids, bringing them flowers. Uh, I get a produce box um, often, and sometimes it's just too much for my family, and I, I bring it to my neighbors. That is a way to practice um, being um, gener generous, the generosity pillar of mindfulness, and it makes you feel good inside. Um, this sounds something like maybe you wouldn't thought of, but making a plan for your meals for the week. I have a uh, meal planning um, system. I call it a meal system, not a plan. And I have linked the post in um, my in the write up. But I think making a plan for the week it helps you be present in the moment of what you can do in your life. So going starting the week by saying. On Tuesday, I have so much going on. I cannot cook dinner. That is going to be a day that I'm doing takeout. That is being present in that moment. And it's showing respect for you and your life versus trying to do all the things and being stressed out. So being mindful is making a plan for the week. It's something that simple. Um, taking a moment each day to just be still. We have crazy days, especially now as things are opening up in our world um, and we're kind of back to the you know, life, crazy of life, and taking a moment each day to just sit. And maybe it's sitting outside with your coffee. Maybe it's just sitting outside and enjoying nature, whatever it is. That is a great way to practice mindfulness. Um, if you're an anxious person, if you have any sort of anxiety, one way to bring yourself back to the present and let go of these anxious thoughts in your mind is to notice the environment that you're in at the moment. Say things that you see, you hear, you feel. Um, all of the senses helps focus you back to that exact moment 
and helps relieve the anxious thoughts. And this sounds crazy, but it actually really works. I know this because I have anxiety and I've done this before. Um, it's an awesome little tip on getting through an anxious moment. Uh, learning a new hobby, beginner's mind, approaching things um, with a new hobby is opening your eyes to something new that maybe you wouldn't have tried before. And then the last one that I um, want to share with you today is meet someone new. And when I say meet someone new is perhaps you meet somebody in your new hobby, but something that someone that's not in your circle, um, meet someone new, say hello, learn about them with openness, without judgment. Um, this is a great way to um, practice mindfulness in that this person, you know, maybe meeting someone new at the grocery store saying hi, I know it sounds silly, but we don't do enough of that anymore. It's like we, we go and we have our um, focus and we leave. And sometimes it's kind of neat to open our mind and meet new people and um, open ourselves that way. But the point here is that you're, you want to look at these pillars and you want to focus on being present and aware in life. And while getting the job done and having a goal and having a focus is great, practicing mindfulness can actually increase your ability to focus. It helps your overall wellness. It gives you happy pheromones. It gives you happy thoughts. And that does translate into more success in relationships, in business. Um, instead of being complacent, trying new things, spreading our wings, opening our eyes, um, it, it's a simple thought, but it's also very complicated in that we tend to stick to what we know. And that tends to get into a, a rudimentary routine of the same thing. And our um, the pathways in our brain aren't challenged. And sometimes when we open our eyes to doing new things and, and entering um, new pathways in life and um, adding more stuff into our life that we didn't before, it, it snowballs into helping us overall. So I hope this is helpful in giving you an idea of the basics of mindfulness. Um, as I said, there's a free guide in the write-up, so please make sure to grab that. And if you love this episode, if you love my podcast, please leave me a rate and review, subscribe. Um, everything helps get, especially my reviews and my ratings, really help get my podcast out there so that I can get amazing guests to bring on to share amazing information with you. And as always, I'm always on Instagram, so give me a tag. I reply to all of my tags and my um, DMs. And I just love sharing with you. And I'm so grateful that you are here um, listening to me today. And please make sure to tune in next time because I have an amazing guest coming on talking about bringing um, her uh, healthy habit into her life and what a change it has made for her. Thanks, everybody. Chat soon. <laughs>